Book Five, Part One of Pharsalia, Dramatic Episodes of the Civil Wars. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros. Pharsalia, Dramatic Episodes of the Civil Wars by Lucan, 39 to 65 B.C. Translation by J. D. Duff Book 5, Part 1 The Oracle, the Mutiny, the Storm Thus had the smiles of fortune and her frowns brought either chief to Macedonian shores still equal to his foe. From cooler skies sank Atlas's daughters down, and Hamus's slopes were white with winter, and the day drew nigh, devoted to the god who leads the months, and marking with new names the book of Rome, when came the fathers from their distant posts, by both the consuls to Epirus called, ere yet the year was dead. A foreign land obscure received the magistrates of Rome, and heard their high debate. No warlike camp this, for the consuls and the praetor's axe proclaimed the senate-house, and Magnus sat one among many, and the state was all. When all were silent, from his lofty seat thus Lentulus began, while stern and sad the fathers listened. If your hearts still beat with Latian blood, and if within your breasts still lives your father's vigor, look not now on this strange land that holds us nor inquire your distance from the captured city yours this proud assembly yours the high command in all that comes be this your first decree whose truth all peoples and all kings confess be this the senate let the frozen wane demand your presence or the torrid zone wherein the day and night with equal tread for ever march still follows in your steps the central power of imperial rome when flamed the capital with fires of gaul when vi held camillus there with him was rome nor ever though it changed its clime your order lost its rights in Caesar's hands are sorrowing houses and deserted homes, laws silent for a space, and forums closed in public fast. His senate house beholds those fathers only whom from Rome it drove, while Rome was full. Of that high order all not here are exiles. Ignorant of war, its crimes and bloodshed, through long years of peace, ye fled its outburst, now in session all are here assembled see ye how the gods weigh down italia's loss by all the world thrown in the other scale illyria's wave rolls deep upon our foes in libyan wastes is fallen their curio the weightier part of caesar's senate lift your standards then spur on your fates and prove your hopes to heaven let fortune smiling give you courage now as when ye fled your cause the consul's power fails with the dying year not so does yours by your commandment for the common weal decree pompeius leader with applause they heard his words and placed their country's fates nor less their own within the chieftain's hands 
Then did they shower on people and on kings honors well earned. Rhodes, mistress of the seas, was decked with gifts. Athena, old in fame, received her praise, and the rude tribes who dwell on cold Tigatus. Massilia's sons, their own Phocaea's freedom, on the chiefs of Thracian tribes, fit honors were bestowed. They order Libya, by their high decree, to serve King Juba's scepter, and, alas, on Ptolemaeus, of a faithless race, the faithless sovereign, scandal to the gods, and shame to fortune, placed the diadem of Pella. Boy, thy sword was only sharp against thy people. Ah, if that were all! The fatal gift gave to Pompeius's life, Bereft thy sister of her sire's bequest, half of the kingdom, Caesar of a crime, then all to arms. While soldier thus and chief, in doubtful sort, Against their hidden fate devised their counsel, Appius alone feared for the chances of the war, And sought through Phoebus's ancient oracle To break the silence of the gods and know the end. Between the western belt and that which bounds the farthest east, midway Parnassus rears his double summit, to the Bromian god and Paean consecrate, to whom conjoined the Theban band leads up the Delphic feast on each third year. This mountain, when the sea poured o'er the earth her billows, rose alone by one high peak, scarce master of the waves, parting the crest of waters from the stars there to avenge his mother from her home chased by the angered goddess while as yet she bore him quick within her paean came when themis ruled the tripods and the spot and with unpractised darts the python slew but when he saw how the yawning cave a godlike knowledge breathed and all the air was full of voices murmured from the depths he took the shrine and filled the deep recess henceforth to prophecy which of the gods has left heaven's light in this dark cave to hide what spirit that knows the secrets of the world and things to come here condescends to dwell divine omnipotent bear the touch of man and at his bidding deigns to lift the veil perchance he sings the fates perchance his song once sung is fate haply some part of jove sent here to rule the earth with mystic power balanced upon the void immense of air sounds through the caves and in its flight returns to that high home of thunder whence it came caught in a virgin's breast this deity strikes on the human spirit then a voice sounds from her breast as when the lofty peak of etna boils forced by compelling flames or as typhius on campania's shore frets neath the pile of huge inarim though free to all that ask denied to none no human passion lurks within the voice that heralds forth the god no whispered vow no evil prayer prevails none favour gain of things unchangeable the song divine yet loves the just when men have left their homes to seek another it hath turned their steps aright as with the tyrians and raised the hearts of nations to confront their foe 
as proves the waves of salamis when earth hath been unfruitful or polluted air has plagued mankind this utterance benign hath raised their hopes and pointed to the end no gift from heaven's high gods so great as this our centuries have lost since delphi's shrine has silent stood and kings forbade the gods to speak the future fearing for their fates nor does the priestess sorrow that the voice is heard no longer and the silent feign to her is happiness for whatever breast contains the deity its shattered frame surges with frenzy and the soul divine shakes the frail breath that with the god receives as prize or punishment untimely death these tripods appius seeks unmoved for years these soundless caverned rocks in quest to learn hesperia's destinies at his command to loose the sacred gateways and permit the prophetess to enter to the god the keeper calls femini who steps round the castalian fount and in the grove were wandering careless her he bids to pass the portals but the priestess feared to tread the awful threshold and with vain deceits sought to dissuade the chieftain from his zeal to learn the future what this hope she cries roman that moves thy breast to know the fates long has parnassus and its silent cleft stifled the god perhaps the breath divine has left its ancient gorge and through the world wanders in devious paths or else the fane, consumed to ashes by barbarian fire, closed up the deep recess and choked the path of Phoebus. Or the ancient Sibyl's books disclosed enough of fate, and thus the gods decreed to close the oracle. Or else, since wicked steps are banished from the fane, in this our impious age the god finds none whom he may answer but the maiden's guile was known for though she would deny the gods her fears approved them on her front she binds a twisted fillet while a shining wreath of phocian laurels crowns the locks that flow upon her shoulders hesitating yet the priest compelled her and she passed within but horror filled her of the holiest depths from which the mystic oracle proceeds and resting near the doors in breast unmoved she dares invent the god in words confused which proved no mind possessed with fire divine by such false chant less injuring the chief than faith in phoebus and the sacred fane no burst of words with tremor in their tones no voice re-echoing through the spacious vault proclaimed the deity no bristling locks shook off the laurel chaplet but the grove unshaken and the summits of the shrine gave proof she shunned the god the roman knew the tripods yet were idle and in rage wretch he exclaimed to us and to the gods whose presence thou pretendest thou shalt pay for this thy fraud the punishment unless thou enter the recess and speak no more of this world war this tumult of mankind thine own inventions then by fear compelled at length the priestess sought the furthest steps and stayed beside the tripods and there came into her unaccustomed breast the god breathed from the living rock for centuries untouched 
nor ever with a mightier power did paean's inspiration seize the frame of delphic priestess his pervading touch drove out her former mind expelled the man and made her wholly his in maddened trance she whirls throughout the cave her locks erect with horror and the fillets of the god dashed to the ground her steps unguided turn to this side and to that the tripods fall o'erturned within her seethes the mighty fire of angry phoebus nor with whip alone he urged her onwards but with curb restrained nor was it given her by the god to speak all that she knew for into one vast mass all time was gathered and her panting chest groaned neath the centuries in order long all things lay bare the future yet unveiled struggled for light each fate required a voice the compass of the seas creation's birth creation's death the number of the sands all these she knew thus on a former day the prophetess upon the cuman shore disdaining that her frenzy should be slave to other nations from the boundless threads chose out with pride of hand the fates of rome e'en so femony for a time oppressed with fates unnumbered laboured ere she found beneath such mighty destinies concealed thine appius who alone had sought the god in land castalian then from foaming lips first rushed the madness forth and murmurs loud uttered with panting breath and blent with groans till through the spacious vault a voice at length broke from the virgin conquered by the god from this great struggle thou o roman free escapes the threats of war alive in peace thou shalt possess the hollow in the coast of vast euboea thus she spake no more ye mystic tripods guardians of the fates and paean thou from whom no day is hid by heaven's high rulers master of the truth why fearest thou to reveal the deaths of kings rome's murdered princes and the latest doom of her great empire tottering to its fall and all the bloodshed of that western land were yet the stars in doubt on magnus's fate not yet decreed and did the gods yet shrink from that the greatest crime or wert thou dumb that fortune's sword for civil strife might wreak just vengeance and a brutus's arm once more strike down the tyrant from the temple doors rushed forth the prophetess in frenzy driven not all her knowledge uttered and her eyes still troubled by the god who reigned within or filled with wild affright or fired with rage gaze on the wide expanse still works her face convulsive on her cheeks a crimson blush with ghastly pallor blent though not a fear her weary heart throbs ever and as seas boom swollen by northern winds she finds in sighs all inarticulate relief but while she hastes from that dread light in which she saw the fates to common day lo on her path the darkness fell then by a stygian draught of the forgetful river phoebus snatched back from her soul his secrets and she fell yet hardly living 
nor did appius dread approaching death but by dark oracles baffled while yet the empire of the world hung in the balance sought his promised realm in chalcis of euboea yet to escape all ills of earth the crash of war what god can give thee such a boon but death alone far on the solitary shore a grave awaits thee where Caristo's marble crags draw in the passage of the sea, and where the fane of Ramnus rises to the gods who hate the proud, and where the ocean strait boils in swift whirlpools, and Europus draws deceitful in his tides, a bane to ships, Chalcidian vessels to bleak Aulus's shore. But Caesar carried from the conquered West his eagles to another world of war, when envying his victorious course, the gods almost turned back the prosperous tide of fate, not on the battlefield borne down by arms, but in his tents, within the rampart lines, the hoped-for prize of this unholy war seemed for a moment gone, that faithful host his comrades trusted in a hundred fields or that the falchion sheathed had lost its charm or weary of the mournful bugle call scarce ever silent or replete with blood well-nigh betrayed their general and sold for hope of gain their honour and their cause no other perilous shock gave surer proof how trembled neath his feet the dizzy height from which great caesar looked a moment since his high behest drew nations to the field now maimed of all he sees that swords once drawn are weapons for the soldier not the chief from the stern ranks no doubtful murmur rose not silent anger as when one conspires his comrades doubting feared himself in turn alone he thinks indignant at the wrongs wrought by the despot in so great a host dread found no place where thousands share the guilt crime goes unpunished thus from dauntless throats they hurled their menace caesar give us leave to quit thy crimes thou seekest by land and sea the sword to slay us let the fields of gaul and far iberia and the world proclaim how for thy victories our comrades fell what boots it us that by an army's blood the rhine and rhone and all the northern lands thou hast subdued thou givest us civil war for all these battles such the prize when fled the senate trembling and when rome was ours what homes or temples did we spoil our hands reek with offence ay but our poverty proclaims our innocence what end shall be of arms and armies what shall be enough if rome suffice not and what lays beyond behold these silvered locks these nerveless hands and shrunken arms once stalwart in thy wars gone is the strength of life gone all its pride dismiss thine aged soldiers to their deaths how shameless is our prayer not on hard turf to stretch our dying limbs nor seek in vain when parts the soul a hand to close our eyes not with the helmet strike the stony clod rather to feel the dear one's last embrace and gain a humble but a separate tomb let nature end old age 
and dost thou think we only know not what degree of crime will fetch the highest price what thou canst dare these years have proved or nothing law divine nor human ordinance shall hold thine hand thou wert our leader on the banks of rhine henceforth our equal for the stain of crime makes all men like to like add that we serve a thankless chief as fortune's gift he takes the fruits of victory our arms have won we are his fortunes and his fates are ours to fashion as we will boast that the gods shall do thy bidding nay thy soldiers will shall close the war with threatening mane and speech thus through the camp the troops demand their chief when faith and loyalty are fled and hope for aught but evil thus may civil war in mutiny and discord find its end what general had not feared at such revolt but mighty caesar trusting on the throw as was his wont his fortune and overjoyed to front their anger raging at its height unflinching comes no temples of the rocks not jove's high fane on the tarpian rock not rome's high dames nor maidens had he grudged to their most savage lust that they should ask the worst his wish and love the spoils of war nor feared he aught save order at the hands of that unconquered host art thou not shamed that strife should please thee only now condemned even by thy minions shall they shrink from blood they from the sword recoil and thou rush on heedless of guilt through right and through unright nor learn that men may lay their arms aside yet bear to live this civil butchery escapes thy grasp stay thou thy crimes at length nor force thy will on those who will no more upon a turfy mound unmoved he stood and since he feared not worthy to be feared and thus while anger stirred his soul began thou that with voice and hand didst rage but now against thine absent chief behold me here here strike thy sword into this naked breast to stay the war and flee if such thy wish this mutiny devoid of daring deed betrays your coward souls betrays the youth who tires of victories which gild the arms of an unconquered chief and yearns for flight well leave me then to battle and to fate i cast you forth for every weapon left fortune shall find a man to wield it well shall magnus in his flight with such a fleet draw nations in his train and not to me as my victories bring hosts to whom shall fall the prize of war accomplished who shall reap your laurels scorned and scatheless join the train that leaves my chariot to the sacred hill while you despised in age and worn in war gaze on our triumph from the civic crowd think you your dastard flight shall give me pause if all the rivers that now seek the sea were to withdraw their waters it would fail by not one inch no more than by their flow it rises now have then your efforts given strength to my cause not so the heavenly gods stoop not so low fate has no time to judge your lives and deaths the fortunes of the world follow heroic souls for the fit few the many live 
and you who terrified with me the northern and iberian worlds would flee when led by magnus strong in arms for caesar's cause was labenius now that vile deserter with his chief preferred wanders o'er land and sea nor were your faith one whit more firm to me if neither side espoused you seized from arms who leaves me once though not to fight against me with the foe joins not my ranks again surely the gods smile on these arms who for so great a war grant me fresh soldiers from what heavy load fortune relieves me for the hands which aimed at all to which the world did not suffice i now disarm and for myself alone reserve the conflict quit ye then my camp quirites caesar's soldiers now no more and leave my standards to the grasp of men yet some who led this mad revolt i hold not as their captain now but as their judge lie traitors prone on earth stretch out the neck and take the avenging blow and thou whose strength shall now support me young and yet untaught behold the doom and learn to strike and die such were his words of ire and all the host drew back and trembled at the voice of him they would depose as though their very swords would from their scabbards leap at his command themselves unwilling but he only feared lest hand and blade to satisfy the doom might be denied till they submitting pledged their lives and swords alike beyond his hope to strike and suffer holds in surest thrall the heart inured to guilt and caesar kept by dreadful compact ratified in blood those whom he feared to lose he bids them march upon brundusium and recalls the ships from soft calabria's inlets and the point of lucas and the salopinian marsh where sheltered sippus nestles at the feet of rich garganus jutting from the shore in huge escarpment that divides the waves of hadria on each hand his seaward slopes buffeted by the winds or oster borne from sweet apulia or the sterner blast of boreas rushing from dalmatian strands but caesar entered trembling rome unarmed now taught to serve him in the garb of peace dictator named to grant their prayers forsooth consul in honor of the role of rome then first of all the names by which we now lie to our masters men found out the use for to preserve his right to wield the sword he mixed the civil axes with his brands with eagles fasces with an empty word clothing his power and stamped upon the time a worthy designation for what name could better mark the dread pharsalian year than caesar consul now the famous field pretends its ancient ceremonies calls the tribes in order and divides the votes in vain solemnity of empty urns nor do they heed the portents of the sky deaf were the augurs to the thunder roll the owl flew on the left yet were the birds propitious sworn then was the ancient name degraded first and monthly consuls shorn of their rank are chosen to mark the years and trojan alba's god since latium's fall deserving not beheld the wonted fires blaze from his altars on the festal night 
then through apulius fallows that her hinds left all untilled to sluggish weeds a prey passed caesar onward swifter than the fire of heaven or tigris dam until he reached brandusium's winding ramparts built of old by cretan colonists there icy winds constrained the billows and his trembling fleet feared for the winter storms nor dared the main but caesar's soul burned at the moments lost for speedy battle nor could brook delay within the port indignant that the sea should give safe passage to his routed foe and thus he stirred his troops in seas unskilled with words of courage when the winter wind has seized on sky and ocean firm its hold but the inconstancy of cloudy spring permits no certain breezes to prevail upon the billows straight shall be our course no winding nooks of coast but open seas struck by the northern wind alone we plough and may he bend the spars and bear us swift to grecian cities else pompeius's oars smiting the billows from phatian coasts may catch our flagging sails cast loose the ropes from our victorious prows too long we waste tempests that blow to bear us to our goal end of book five part one